this kitty, this is Ewan. Hey, Ewan, I am so excited to talk to you. I'm an old rocker, like I started out in rock radio, so needless to say, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, I'm a hopeless romantic, so there you go. Oh, great. It sounds like you've got all the themes already. I don't have to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Rolling Stone called it the best rock musical ever, and it won a Tony for, what, best musical revival. It's just unbelievable. But for people who don't know the story, can you kind of throw it out for us? Well, I put it in a nutshell. It's about a young East German boy uh, in the 80s who is separated from the West by the wall, and he wants wants freedom from this oppressive society. Um, And and his mother and his boyfriend, he meets an American soldier who agrees that he'll help him get over the wall. Um, But to do so, they need to get married. So to do that, he has a sex change operation, and it is bought. And he ends up being left alone in Junction City, Kansas, in a mobile home with his husband, Gleason, and he's left with nothing. She, at this point, is left with nothing. And it's really a story about her search for self-identity, her search for love, her questions about what is love, who is love. Do we deserve love? Do I deserve love? Do you deserve love, she says to the audience. You know, who are we? What are we? Why do we think we are different when possibly we're all the same? And she sort of asks these huge, grand questions and then spends the night through this amazing rock score and this this wonderful lighting and set, the whole thing on stage. It's a whole amazing world, but she's asking these fundamental questions. And she goes through the evening asking them, and we hope at the end she may find some answer. I mean, there's never really an answer, but, you know, she finds a place where she can be herself inside of those questions. And hopefully the audience leaves finding a place where they can too. Wow, you know, you've really summed that up in such a great way. If I didn't know the story, I'd be like, what, what, what? Poor thing, just <laughs> to be good. in just to be in Junction City, Kansas, that alone is enough to doom anyone. <laughs> you know? Well, but, luckily she survived it, but, but yeah, I imagine it wasn't the best time in her life. <laughs> right, right. And it is, it is a heady, heady piece. You can feel that. Yeah, you really can, and I think... I'm very lucky to play this role on a tour because, you know, sometimes when you're in a put-down, uh, you know, sit-down theater, especially in New York, people are coming to see the show. They're choosing to come and see Hedwig. Like either they're coming for the scandal or they're coming for the difference or they're coming for the... But whatever, or they're coming for the famous actor playing the role, whatever it may be. But um, here, you know, sometimes people aren't coming for this. They, they, one woman in L.A. said, I thought this was a show about Harry Potter's owl. Flipped her. And... So, you know, it's a subscriber audience in some places. There are some places we're going to, you know, pretty conservative areas where you wouldn't expect there to be an audience for this show. And I'm constantly surprised by how well it's selling and how many people are really being affected and changed by it. And I feel like it's an important time in American history to be sort of traveling with this show. I feel very, very lucky. Oh, yeah, I know. But being in North Carolina, it's been kind of iffy, you know. Um, yeah, I must say that the the state that got the most sort of really was North Carolina. Of course. E- even even over Utah. <laughs> but Deepak, the Durham Performing Arts Center, and Durham in general, Durham is so diverse. Um, Durham and Deepak, it is just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And so it's the opposite of what really people think North Carolina is. So you will you'll really love it if you haven't been here before. 
I think what's really nice for me, though, is, you know, first off, I'm Scottish. So no kidding. Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Being Scottish, it kind of opens doors in America. People love it. People always say, oh, my God, I'm Scottish. <laughs> my great-grandfather was. <laughs> you do a <laughs> okay, terrible right. Southern accent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible American. Anyway, people talk to me. It's like a sort of magnet for people. So when I'm in a new place, you know, the city of war in West Virginia, which is a real place, or when I'm out in Arizona, or when I'm anywhere, really, in South Dakota, I don't really have any trouble talking to people, people who are similar and people who are extremely different. I'm pretty good at sort of, um, how to say without sounding full of myself, but I'm pretty good at, at sort of having a conversation and, and making people feel comfortable and listening to them and hopefully imparting something of myself to them. So I feel like going to a different place where I'm not expected to be liked as a person or I'm not expected to feel comfortable and, and winning there and being okay because I'm Scottish, because I'm different, because I can offer something, because I'm willing to talk to anybody. It doesn't matter what color you are or who you voted for or what you believe in. I think it's really uh, afforded me some great opportunities in this country. I wouldn't mind going to somewhere in North Carolina that wasn't quite so open because, to be honest, those are the people we need to reach. And honestly, if, if you do sit down and just give them a chance to hear their point of view, you, mm-hmm. you kind of understand where they come from, and I totally get the fact that people can open up to you. It is something about you being Scottish, too. I think people feel like you won't judge them so harshly, yeah. perhaps. I think so. And also, you know, I think in a funny way, people have forgotten. You know, people are so proud of their I'm Scottish and I'm I'm Irish. You know, the Irish thing's totally great here. Americans love it. Mm-hmm. But relatives who came over in like 1712 to farm, you know, you're basically saying I'm an immigrant. But people have forgotten that people people don't consider white immigration immigration in the same way as they as they think of the other one. And I think we just need to sort of reconfigure the way we think about each other because ultimately speaking, love, hate, joy, fear, fear, which is a big one right now. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we go through, well, not go through, but everything we think, everything we believe, everything we feel, that's what makes us exactly the same. I mean, the human condition is the condition of emotion and feeling. And it's the way we present what we feel that makes us different. It's the way that we put out what we believe that makes us different. If someone was able to say, oh, but I believe that Jesus Christ is there, and I believe that immigration is there, but I believe that you have a right to existence as well. I mean, that's the only thing that needs to change. If you want to have your beliefs about gay people, fine, have them. But at least accept that they are people. And right. They feel and they love and they deserve a place too. I want to find a place for my white brother in West Virginia, and I hope my white brother in West Virginia can find a place for a Native American too. If only. But you know, I think that, don't you believe that music has the power to just bring everybody together to like a, a show like this and the music that it encompasses? You know, that can really strike a chord in almost anyone. I really agree. I've always said that, you know, some people don't like going to movies. They, they don't like the movies. Some people never go to a museum in their life. Some people hate their God. They can't stand art. But everybody has a song. There's always a, oh, that's our song, or put the music on, or any bar you go into, or barber, the music is playing wherever you go because music does something to people. What's your song? You <laughs> Well, you know, that's an interesting question. I'm not, it, it sort of changes a lot. 
Um, for me, it's more of a Hoosier art play. Right now, I can't stop listening to Roger Waters' Radio Chaos. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. This is KAOS. You and I are listening to Chaos in Los Angeles. Oh, it's such a great album, and I love it. Again, it's like, I, I just, that one's an amuse to death. Wow. Really talking about what's going on now. But you know, on the opposite side of the coin, I listen to The Carpenters all the time. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. you do? Yeah, I love that. What is it about the Carpenters that you like? I think for me, her technical perfection allows me to feel the closest to love. Rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Even though many times she's singing about not having any, because she's pretty depressed, she embodies some kind of guest that was given, whether it be deliberate or accidental, and I don't know from whom. But that voice and that story and that light and that yes, message. Just I don't know, there's just something about it. Wow. It makes me feel like I'm... Four and a half years old again. Wow. Talk about hopeless romantics, right? That's yeah, I believe that. <laughs> hopeless. No, no, I'm kidding. I, I like that. I like that going from one end of the spectrum to the other, from Radio Chaos to the Carpenters. That's crazy. So, Ewan, let's talk about how it is for you playing this role of Hedbeck. You know, it's difficult to rehearse this play because no one's in the room laughing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no audience interaction, and, and this play is really built on not having a fourth wall. You know, she's talking directly to the audience. She's having this entire evening for them, with them, and, and well, mostly for herself, but thanks to them publicly. <laughs> and uh, so that was really hard. It was really strange. And I'm not great at dancing. I kind of look like a, 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 a look like a penguin. So I think the choreography was a real challenge for me and continues to be, actually. But the good news is, anything I'm not good at, she's not good at. <laughs> any, right. Any fear I have, it's her fear. She takes my fear, she takes my joy. You know, it's really a, a freeing role to play more than anything. You wouldn't think so. I'm wearing five-and-a-half-inch platform heels, and my knees are sore, and I'm screaming. <laughs> There's rock music, and I'm, you know, I'm wearing these huge wigs and a vast amount of makeup. But underneath it all, she sort of takes that all away from me. She she puts all that on, and I get to sit in the dressing room and wait till she comes off again. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was going to ask you about those stilettos. Um, yeah, it, it is a challenge, but it's a challenge I was dying to take on. When I found out I got the job after a couple of auditions, I, I, I knew that I'd, I'd gotten something really exciting. Did you come, Ewan, from a musical background, a theater background? Um, no, neither of my parents or, and neither were their parents involved in the arts at all. They were very supportive. I don't know. I, I was always able to sing when I was a kid, and I used to actually, I used to, you'll love this. When I was really young, I used to sit next to the old 1970s Bose speaker with that sort of black, fuzzy felt front. <laughs> And I would listen to Karen Carpenter. 
I would listen to the way she sang, the way she breathed. I sort of call her my singing teacher. Wow. And uh, and that was it. From then on in, I just realized that this was what I was going to do with my life. You were destined to do it and destined to play this role. And I have to say... It will move everyone. I can't think of anything that would come at a better time than this right now. Me neither. And I feel so lucky that I'm the one who gets to bring it. Yeah, I am so happy to talk to you, Ewan. And I will look forward to meeting you next week. Thank you, and uh, lots of love, and keep spreading the music. I will. All right, you have a good day. Thank you. Ciao. Bye, my friend.